happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there. Uh, we're grateful for you. Thanks to the spiritual dads, the mentors, the, the parents. Thank you to the, the solo mums who are having to be mum and dad. Dads, we celebrate you. We honor you. We're grateful for you. Why don't we give a thumbs up or just a congratulations to all of the dads on the chat this morning. Be grateful for all of the fathers. I want to say you're probably doing a better job than you think you are. Thanks for being a dad. Thanks for sticking with your kids. Thanks for, uh, you know, getting up again, even when maybe you've made mistakes in the past, but in daring to do even better in the future. And you're going to be the best dad your kids will ever have. So don't give up. Keep going and keep loving your children. I know for other people, and this is like the nature of community, some people, Father's Day is exciting, it's a great day to honor dads. For other days, for other people, it's a cause of pain. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a somber day as we reflect that perhaps our fatherhood story isn't what we want it to be. Maybe we weren't able to be a father. Maybe we've lost our father. Maybe our relationship with our dad was absent, or maybe it was harsh, uh, you know, maybe, if we could write our fatherhood story, we'd want to write it a different way. And I want to thank you. I know days like this can be hard to tune in uh, in church community. Thanks for tuning in anyway. And I love that as a church community, we can be committed to everybody's journey. And I want to let you know you're in a safe place. I want to let you know uh, you're a part of a family here of people who are committed to walking with you and seeing you healed in a whole, no matter what has happened to you and what you've been through in your life. So. Uh, thanks for being with us today. I want to just acknowledge our essential workers, our healthcare workers, our teachers, um, our, our different business owners and, and workers and logistics people. Thanks for keeping us going. Thanks for going hard in these seasons. Thanks for taking risks. We appreciate it and our, our love goes out to you. Thanks to um, everybody who's uh, committed to community at the moment. I appreciate all of our small group leaders getting our small groups going online, uh, keeping people connected. You really are like the frontline pastors, leading people, caring for people, praying for people. So thank you for doing that. And guys, let's keep leaning into community in these times. Maybe you could give a shout out to your small group leader on the chat and just appreciate them uh, today. It would be great to see some love for our awesome small group leaders and to all of our businesses that have been able to reopen to some degree as we've dropped down the levels. Um, we're happy for you, we're stoked for you. We know that many of you have been doing it really, really tough. And so uh, we'll continue to pray for you, pray for wisdom and favor in these times. I'm gonna bring a word today uh, to do with Father's Day and it's called In Your Honor, In Your Honor. And I've been reflecting a lot on this verse from Exodus chapter 20, and no doubt, no matter what your spiritual story is today, even if this is your first ever church experience, you've probably heard of or heard of allusions to this verse before. Exodus 20 uh, verse 12 says, Honor your mother and father, honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord God is giving you. Now it's been reflecting on this, this verse, honor your father and mother. And so today I want to talk about honor and honor's importance. And I really believe this message is really going to help people if we can grab it and run with it. We're going to see that there's some secrets and some power to honor that maybe we've overlooked. And actually this uh, command, this instruction to honor your father and mother has with it blessing. It has with it a God's purposes in it. It's not like a a heavy-handed instruction. It's actually a way to life like all of God's instructions. 
The, the command is repeated in Deuteronomy 5.16 and, and the promise is expanded. It says, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it might go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So now it's like, honor your mother and father uh, so that you may live long, so that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord is giving you. And then in Ephesians 6 too, because it's not just an Old Testament thing, we see it repeated in the New Testament. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And so this idea of honoring our fathers and our mothers is important. It sounds important. It's not only just a commandment, but it's a commandment with a promise. And because of that, we should take notice of it. And while this commandment to honor your father and mother is paramount and is revered and should hold a special place as we think about living out our faith. No, it's, this is not just a commandment for little children. This is a commandment for every single one of us because we all have people who brought us into this earth. And while this commandment should hold a special place and should be revered, we need to understand that the idea of honoring that is introduced here doesn't stop here. In fact, uh, we're called as husbands, uh, if there's any husbands out there, you can give us a, a wave, a shout out. Husbands are called to honor their wives. First Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. I'm, I'm almost nervous to read the next bit. As the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. We don't have time to explain all of that verse, but honor husbands, honor your wives. Actually, the same idea, the very similar Greek word is used here for wives, we, you should, not we should, I'm not a wife, you should honor your husbands. Ephesians 5.33, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This word respects and this word translated honors are very similar words and carry with them with each other the idea of valuing and respecting and revering in the most healthy sense each other. We're called to honor our spiritual leaders. 1 Timothy 5:17 says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect, show them great honor and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Or Hebrews 13.7 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Honor our spiritual leaders. Honor our earthly authorities, we're called to. In Romans 13, there's this whole spiel about honoring our earthly authority, honoring our kings and those in government, and, and it finishes by saying in Romans 13, 17, to all, give to all uh, what is owed to them, taxes to those who are owed taxes, revenue from whom revenue is owed, respect to whom res respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. And finally, we're called not just to honor our wives, our husbands, our spiritual leaders, our earthly authorities, but we're called to honor each other. 
We're called to honor each other in the household of God. We're called to honor each other in the church. We're called to honor humanity. We're called to value people and honor them. In 1 Peter 2.17, it says, Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Love, love the family of God. Fear God and honor the emperor. And Romans 12.10, Love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor. I love that idea. How can you outdo one another in honor? How can we go hard after honor? How can we grow in honor and spur each other on to greater honor? So it got me wondering if the Bible has so much instruction to do with honor, beginning with honoring your father and mother and extending all the way to honoring each other. Do we live this out? Do we know what it means to live a life of honor? Have we discovered the power and the promise of honor? Our culture doesn't understand honor. It doesn't train us in honor. It doesn't prepare us to honor. It doesn't, to live out this biblical command to honor, which doesn't just call us to honor our parents, but each other, our spiritual leaders, those in authority, requires us to go against the cultural grain, to go against our defaults. I would say that living a life of honor has not come naturally, does not come naturally to me. I need to be transformed by God to become a person of honor. It's like peddling a bike against a hurricane. It, we can't assume it's just going to happen. We actually need to invite the grace of God and begin to practice honor in our lives. In a culture where we cancel each other when we disagree, when if we disagree with people, we unfriend them. It's sort of like if we disagree, you're not the one for me. I could tell you so many times where people have just heard one thing I've said and because they disagree and it's just a minor point how they've cut themselves off from fellowship in the church or whatever. And I'm not trying to like grind an axe or anything, but that's part of the culture of our age where we struggle to figure out this honest stuff because we don't even know how to disagree sometimes and stay in relationship. That would be a great message at some point. Um, we demand perfection often from authority. And if they're not perfect, then we don't honor. Uh, we're, we're a culture of cynicism. There's the sneak of cynicism in our life, which judges everybody's motives, where we play God and think that we know why people are doing what they're doing. We're always assuming the worst. Add to that our culture, where we have such a low power distance ratio in our country. And it's like it's a double-edged sword. On one side, it's like beautiful, where we have this really great down-to-earth familiarity, friendliness, that you can really like, we don't have this class system in society, like in the way we treat each other, we feel very comfortable with the least of these and the greatest of these, so to speak, in worldly terms. Um, but there's something deadly about it. There's something deadly when we, when we don't understand that there are people in our lives that deserve special types of honor and we'll miss God's promise if we're overly familiar you know we sort of we call our pr prime minister auntie Cindy you know some people call her and and it, it's sort of like this that's that would sum up this like low power distance ratio culture which sometimes can meet that we don't understand honor 
it strikes me we're just not predisposed to honor in our culture. It doesn't come naturally to me. I think it doesn't come naturally to most of us. Many of us wouldn't have even been trained, especially kids being raised these days, in a natural way of honor. We're overly familiar with our teachers, with all sorts of people in, uh, in authority. And I wonder if we're losing its secret, we're losing its power, and we're losing its promise. So what does it mean to honor? What does it mean to honor? The Hebrew word for honor is coming up on the screen right now. Would mean to, It literally means to make weighty, to consider something of weight, of value, of, 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 um, of, of importance, uh, to make weighty. I love that idea. And the Greek word that we see for that's often translated as honor or respect is to esteem, to honor, to revere, to ascribe value. So to honor is to recognize that there's value and to apply weight to it, to, to give it some weight, not to take away from its weight, not to cut off its weight to, but to apply the weightiness to that which is weighty. And I just got a few points today, but the first of these is when we live a life of honor, we honor God. When we live a life of honor, we honor God. You can put that in the chat. When we live a life of honor, we honor God. We can't honor God without living his way. We've got to remember that we can't honor him just by our feelings towards him. We honor him by our obedience to his revealed way to live in this world. We honor him when we live a life of honor. The second thing is this, is honoring parents is sacred. This is, where I go, this is where I got going in this whole message about honor. This is where we start and this is what we're going to dig into. Honoring parents is sacred. There's a role parents have that reflects God as our creator, as our carer, and as our protector. The divine fatherhood. God is our heavenly father. And we need to know that today. That no matter what your father story is, you have a perfect heavenly father that loves you, that sent his son to die for you, that is searching after you. When you think you've been looking for him and looking for answers, he's been looking for you this whole time. He's the God that pursues you. He's the God that, you know, moves mountains and gives up himself to come after you and to make a way for you to come to him. You have a perfectly a perfect heavenly father that can bring restoration and healing to all of your fatherhood stories. But the divine father is the source of all human fatherhood. Ephesians 3.14 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the altar, uh, before the Father, sorry, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. This is the foundation of honor that we owe to our parents because our parents actually are in a place that reflects what God's role is in this world. And even though they might not be perfect parents, they deserve honor because they fulfill a role which derives from God's role in creation, in humanity, and in our lives. That's why they're worthy of honor. When we honor our parents, it prepares us to honor the other people in our life and live as healthy members of family, community, church, and society. Parents, I want to tell you, when you teach your kids respect, when you teach your kids to honor, you are preparing them to live life well. But when we don't discipline our kids, when anything goes, when anything's tolerated, we're actually doing our kids, our churches, 
Our, our classrooms, our future workplaces, we're doing their lives and our society a disservice because it prepares us when we learn to honour our parents to live as healthy members. Failure to honour parents harms the individual as well as the wider society. The pervasive societal effect of obedience or disobedience to this command to honour your parents is attributed to the status of the family as the fundamental building block of society. What I'm trying to say is families are the core of healthy society and when families are strong, society is able to be strong. So goes the family, so goes society. Families constitute, uh, listen to this, family is the original cell of social life. Authority, stability, and a life of relationships within the family constitute the foundations for freedom, for security, and belonging within society at large. The family is the community in which from childhood, one can learn moral values, one can begin to honor God, and make good use of their freedom and figure out its bounds. Family life is an initiation into all of society's life. And when we don't learn to honor our parents, and when we don't teach our kids to honor our parents, we actually are eroding the way of strength for the future. It's so important, and Calvin notes this in his commentary about these passages, that the harsh consequences required in Exodus and Leviticus in the law for specific failures to keep the commandment of honoring your father or mother, such as those who struck or cursed the parent, were to be sentenced to death. Persistently disobedient sons would be to brought before the city and the elders, uh, before the city elders, and stoned by the whole community if parents' testimony was judged to be accurate. It's not talking about this type of stoning. It's talking about death by corporal punishment. I know it seems so foreign to us, but the extremeness of the punishment for this should only show us how important honoring your father and mother was to God. It's not a little thing. It's a big deal. Strong families are what we need to focus on building as Christians. One of the best things you can do as a person of faith is build a strong family of kids who know how to live a life of honor. Cultures where there's strong honor are more robust. We see in every culture that's been preserved over time and is healthy and functioning and not regressing that a culture of honor exists. That is how strength is preserved. And we can see the opposite. When honor doesn't exist, we can see things regress and eventually end up destroying themselves. It works at a family level. When there is an honor for the authority in the home, what happens is chaos happens and it becomes dysfunctional and unhealthy. In the classroom, when there is an honor for the teacher and the seniority of things going on in there, chaos and, and learning doesn't happen. And we see at a society level when we don't honor our elders, when we don't honor our parents, when we don't honor those in authority, everything regresses and we're living amongst regressive times. But we're supposed to be light, people living a different way, showing a better way, not telling everybody else what they should be doing, but learning to practice the way of living God's ways within our world. Honor takes on different cultural expressions, but there are timeless principles, especially when it relates to parents. We, we have to say, 
genuine honor because we all know there can be forms that are lip service only. And it's important to know what some of these timeless ways of honoring our parents particularly are. And we can apply these to the other ways of honoring as well. I love what John, how John Wesley summed it up. He summarizes expressing honor towards our parents in the following five ways. Number one, an inward esteem of them outwardly expressed. An inward esteem of them outwardly expressed. Number two, obedience to their lawful commands. Number three, submission to their rebukes, instructions, and corrections. Number four, acting with consideration of parental advice, discretion, and consent. And number five, giving comfort and providing for physical needs for aged parents. These are all derived from the scripture and how to live out uh, the way of honoring our father and mother. And many of these could be applied to other people that we are supposed to honor in our lives. What if my parents are not honorable? Some of you might be wondering, maybe they were horrible. Maybe they were even abusive. Maybe they like are the least honorable people you could think of in your life. As sad as that may be, and as hard, and I can't even begin to imagine as hard as that would be to have lived through and to have gotten through. And I'm glad you're still here and you're still with us. But as sad and as hard as that may have been, the condition for honoring our parents is not conditional on the substance of their character or the choices that they make, but we are supposed to honor them because their role reflects God's role on this earth, that it's God's order. The principle of this commandment is extended to the duty of honor for everybody who is in authority in different places within our lives, such as teachers, employers, pastors, leaders, government, and the like. Maybe we can grasp a little bit of more of what honor is by understanding what honor isn't, or maybe the opposite of honor. If honor is about profound respect, the opposite of honor is treating someone as trivial or trivializing them, as if they're of no importance, as of giving them no weight or no respect. Honor isn't brown nosing. Honor for a pastor isn't getting a special car park or having a certain title or having people call me pastor. Although I know all my Samoan brothers and sisters in our church, even though I always feel uncomfortable when people call me pastor, Joe, you always tell me, but in our culture, it's a way of honoring. Whereas I think for a lot of the other people around me, it's often a way of mocking, but that's the example of different cultural ways of expressing honor. But honor isn't necessarily any of these things. In fact, when we demand any of these things from people, that is not honor at all, but it's just entitlement and the wrong expectations. There's obviously times where honor goes too far or is misplaced. And I think that's sometimes why people are shy to honor because they're afraid of maybe people getting a big head or maybe they're afraid of being taken for a ride or whatever it is. But there is ways that honor could be misapplied. Uh, when your earthly love and respect leads you to, to live contrary to God's laws, when you're trying to honor somebody who's asking you to do something that's contrary to God's laws, that's not honor. That's, uh, that's obeying people rather than obeying God. And everything needs to be put through the filter of God's clear instructions in his word. To honor God is to honor our earthly authorities, but to honor your earthly authorities to the point of sin is to dishonor God. And it's important to manage that tension in your life. It's also important to know, I'm not talking about differences of opinion. I'm talking about when that those earthly authorities are actually leading us 
towards things that are against the moral code of God, not where I'm just vibing something different than what the authorities in my life are vibing, but when the authorities in my life are actually uh, asking me to do something that is uh, not godly and contrary to God's way and his instructions. We can only, here's the next big point I want to talk about, and we're almost there. We can only receive from what we honor. This is so important to grasp. This is why honor is powerful. This is why honor is special. This is why if you can unleash honor in your life today, man, great things can start happening because of this. There's a saying that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And this is the idea that you can only receive from what you honor. When the student is ready, the teacher can appear. That's what happens when a student gets ready to actually honor the different teachers that God has placed in their life. When they get ready, it's like all of a sudden they see somebody in a light that they didn't see before and they can start learning and being developed. We think of Jesus. He died for the world. He's offering forgiveness to the world. He's offering hope to the world. He's offering his love and his transformational mercy and grace to every single one of us. But unless we honor him as the Lord and Savior, we cannot receive that forgiveness. We cannot receive that mercy. We cannot receive that hope. We cannot receive that grace. It's like it's hovering just out of our lives and all we have to do is honor him. Give weight to what he's done. Trust in it and we can begin to receive from it. To honor requires humility. So the presence of either honor or not in our lives or the lack of it can actually be a litmus test for our pride. Humility is the ability to trust trust God and to trust others with ourself. So when we're not honoring, it actually doesn't say a lot about the authority in our lives. It says something about the state of our own heart and maybe that's something we need to reflect on today. The insecure can never honor because they feel like they're less when someone else is being acknowledged for their more. Let me give you an example. Often when I preach, and even today, you guys are commenting, you're, you're celebrating what's going on, there's the odd amen, and you're, you're, you're saying how much you're liking it today, and I appreciate that so much. I appreciate the encouragement. But often when I've been preaching, if I think when we've been gathering in person, sometimes when I walk off having done a sermon, I don't always feel good about what I've delivered. Sometimes it's just because I've, it's like an emotional, like spiritual deposit, and I feel a bit empty and vulnerable afterwards. Sometimes I feel like I stuffed something up or I don't know if it came out the right way or came out with the spirit I intended. And so I can be feeling a bit like all different sorts of things about my message. And sometimes people will come up to me and I'm thankful for them. And they'll be like, hey, hey Joel, I just want to say thank you so much for that message. That was so great. Now, if I, in the past, I, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I've, I've heard that and I haven't received that encouragement. Because I've thought, well, what do you really know about preaching? What are you, I know it's horrible to say, but I want to be honest with you. I sort of thought like, how would you know whether or not that was a good message? Like, this is sort of like my art and my craft and I do it all of the time. And, and, and I would be making judgment calls about whether or not their encouragement could be trusted or not. And as long as I was doing that, I wasn't receiving the encouragement. But when I recognized 
that these people had a gift of encouragement and I added weight, I added respect, I added value to it, all of a sudden I could begin to receive from what I was now honoring in other people. And when we do that, when we honor people, we can receive from them. We gotta honor the person, we honor every person because every person is a precious person for whom God died. For no other reason, we honor them because God loves them and considers them precious. We honor people because the gift inside of them. All of us have different gifts. And when we recognize the gifts, the deposit of God, the graces of God in people's lives, when we recognize that gold, even though they might be unrefined and unpolished and they're gonna come through people's personality, but when we honor the gift, we can receive the gift. If I don't consider somebody to be a prophet or if I don't honor the fact that they might have a word of knowledge or a word of encouragement, I can't receive from it. But when I honor the gift, I can begin to receive from it. And this is the one we struggle with more in our culture, that we're going to honor the role or the office that somebody has in our lives, that God has placed for them in our lives. Proverbs 6.20 says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. When you walk, they will lead you. And when you lie down, they will watch over you. When you honor what you, what's being deposited, what's, what's happening around your life, when you honor the word of God, when you honor your father and mother, when you honor, honor the teaching of the word, all of those sorts of things, you can receive from it and it will lead you and it will watch over you. I love that. We need a time where fathering is honored. You get more of what you honor. And I think that's exciting. When we begin to honor each other, we get more. When we honor the gifts, more gifts get stirred up. When we honor like godly leaders, we get more leaders. When we, what we honor, we get more of. It gets multiplied. To all the dads out there, we honor you. We value you. We need you. Being a dad myself, I know we don't always get it right, but I want you to just keep turning up. Keep being kind to yourself. Keep encouraging one another because what we honor, what we value, what we give weight to gets multiplied in our lives. In our church vision statement, it says we see a church of all generations that loves and discovers their profound need for each other. We see a church of all generations that loves and discovers their profound need for each other. Don't you love that, that little excerpt from our vision that we're gonna honor each other and recognize we need every generation. We need every age, we need every gift. We need every story that God has something for each one of us through this beautiful, you know, tapestry of community. And when we honor, we can receive from it. We can see that God is working and we can receive how he's working. And finally, where there is honor, there is a greater flow of blessing. There just is. There's a promises and there are prayers that get fulfilled when we honor. Deuteronomy 5.16, to go all the way back to the beginning. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The reality is, is that was written to Israel, but the promise still stands. We all have a land God has given us, a realm on this earth, a realm in eternity that God is wanting to bless when we learn to live by the principles of honor that start by honoring our, our, our fathers and our mothers, even right through their, to all of the ages. It continues to honor our spouses, to honor our children, to honor everybody, to honor those in authority, to honor our church leaders.
when we walk in honor towards all these different people in our life, we actually release the purposes of God in our life and in their life. There's just a flow of blessing. In fact, in 1 Peter, it says, honor your wives so that your prayers might get hindered. So there's this idea that just when we honor, things flow, there's a release. And I don't know how to explain it, but I don't want my prayers to be hindered. So I'm gonna honor my wife. I love you, Katie, I appreciate you. You're amazing, you're doing a phenomenal job leading alongside me. You're, you're amazing, and I, I need to give you that shout out. But we wanna honor, because we don't want our prayers to be hindered. So who do you need to honor in your life? Who do you need to repent to because there's been a lack of honor from your life, from your heart? Do you need to ask God to help you change your perspective and attitude towards certain people so you can walk in honor? Come on, this year's been our year of freedom. Free people are free to honor. Honor is a pathway of freedom. I take time in my life, and I don't say this to gloat, I don't have this perfect, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm trying to practice this honor stuff. But I take time in my life to honor the people in my life. I take time to honor my children, I take time to honor my wife, I take time to honor my amazing staff who who work with us and and serve alongside us and we're so thankful for you. Take time to honor the awesome uh, Hayden Reed, who's back from sabbatical this week. Welcome back. Come on, we can give Hayden a shout out. I honor those people like Debbie Souter, who um, was the founding pastor of this church and is still a part of this church. We are so grateful for you, Debbie. We wouldn't be here without you. I take time even to honor your husband because I wouldn't be here without him. And even though he didn't finish his ministry story well, he gave a lot over the years. And I honor him. I honor all of the people in my life, some who have done things that I love and some who, you know, whatever reason we've been pulled apart in our different stories as as we've gone on. But I honor every person who's contributed to my life. How about you? Do you take time to honor the people that without them, you wouldn't be where you are today? We need to honor our mentors. We need to honor our friends. We need to honor those people who are investing in our lives. Who do you need to write to today, this Father's Day? Who do you need to share with today? Who do you need to encourage today? Is there someone that you wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for them? Make sure you're honoring them. I wanna finish with this. Have you ever thought, as we've been talking about honor, how much heartache, how much pain, and how many mistakes and sins you could have avoided if only you were living a life of honor? I think of my teenage years and rebelling against my parents, And if only I'd honored them, I could have made so many less dumb mistakes. I think of all of the different times that I haven't listened along the way to godly advice, to godly mentors in my life because I thought I knew better and how that's led me down different paths that ultimately just ended up in messes that I had to clean up. I wonder how much for every single one of us, honor could have literally saved us us so much pain. And if you think of our world, think how much honor would transform our world. If we lived this way, if we honored God, if we honored um, those in authority, if we respected the laws, if we honored our parents, if we honored the elderly, if we honored uh, just the people God has put in our lives, if we honored each other honestly, so much of the pain and suffering in this world wouldn't be what it is. There is a key, there is a secret, there is a power, there is a blessing, there is a flow to living a life of honor. And I wanna invite you, 
on the journey of honour with me this Father's Day and into the future.